Wow, you guys are singing awesomely this morning. You may be seated. Thank you, guys. You can take your seats as well. Because I have, no, you can leave that there for the moment because I have a, a special surprise this morning. Um, I know I'm not going to dance. <laughs> or sing. <laughs> no, this is a good surprise. <laughs> uh, we have a guest speaker this morning. In fact, I'm going to be tag teaming with our guest speaker. Um, our, our, guest speaker our guest speakers this morning are the leaders of our movements. Uh, of our movements? <laughs> of our movement. Uh, pastors Phil and Chris Pringle. Uh, and uh, although they can't actually be here in person, they have actually made a message uh, which they wanted to be played in uh, C3 churches across the globe uh, uh, in the early weeks of January, just to let people know what they're, they're thinking and they're feeling about the future of C3 and the, the year 2020 ahead is going to be. So I'm going to uh, let them speak. And uh, then after that, I'm just going to wrap it up with some words as well and perhaps a, a time of prayer for us to uh, take hold of what they're saying. So turn your eyes to the screen. Hey, C3 family, Phil and Chris Pringle here. Yes. We are so excited about the year mm. 2020. I know, we're in it. Yeah, already. We're in it and it's going to be amazing. We're so looking forward to seeing you all at our Global Presence Tour. Yeah, 20 cities around the world. Yeah. And uh, we want to send a special welcome to all our guests and, visit and visitors across our churches today. If you're a guest yeah. with us, you're so welcome. We're yes. so glad you're with us. Yes. And uh, hopefully, as we go into this service, you're going to find out a little bit more about the vision yeah. that we have for the future of C3 and for our expansion all around the world. I know. And you know what? This message today that you're going to hear from Pastor Phil we're actually having a look at the scripture last night at home and you're going to be so blessed as we enter into 2020. It's going to be amazing. God is going to do wonderful things in the midst of us. And of course, it all begins with prayer. It does. It does, Phil. It does. So you're going to be amazing, babe. I love you. And you. I can't wait to see you anywhere in any city across <laughs> the globe at our C3 Global Presence Tour. So God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. Thanks, babe. Good. Okay, love you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me share this just in a few minutes. A prayer by Paul for the Ephesian church. And I kind of made it my own prayer and the prayer of all of our regional directors and the prayer of all of our pastors to pray for our congregations along this pattern of prayer. There are two prayers that Paul prays in Ephesians for the people of God in that city. But this is the second one, and it's in Ephesians 3, verse 14. He says, For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I just thought that, wow, for all of us, there's a reason to pray. And for all of us, if we are thinking about doing anything, dreaming great dreams for the future, that's a reason to pray. If we have problems that we feel are impossible to solve, that's a reason to pray. If we've got a community that is largely un unchurched, unsaved, not really open to receiving the gospel, that's a reason to pray. God does nothing but an answer to prayer. One of the great heroes of, of history has said, you know, the, the power of prayer can never be underestimated. Just, just praying on our own is powerful. But when the church prays together, 
That united prayer is the place of power. There's no doubt about it. As we enter this new year, let's start the year with prayer. If we start on our knees, we'll finish on our feet. There's no doubt about it. Praying is the first stop for every great venture in God. And that's what Paul does. He says, I'm bowing my knees in prayer to God. Bowing my knees, kneeling before God restricts our movement, which isn't a bad thing in prayer. It restricts us looking at devices, restricts distractions. And Jesus, when he said, when you pray, shut the door. Go into the closet, be in an undistracted place. Keep prayer meetings and our personal prayer time in focus on the things that we are praying for. I've seen many different prayer situations of pastors. One of them I remember was uh, th this particular pastor had photos of all the people that he was praying for all in front of the area where he prayed and he would pray over them. Another one was a uh, pastor would flip through his contacts list on his phone while he was praying and pray for those people in his, uh, in his contacts list or in his VIP list or in his favorite list. And, and there are various ways to remind us to stay in prayer. But I would say that as we begin the year, let's begin it with prayer. And that's how Paul starts this letter. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man. That's my prayer for you. My prayer for you as pastor and, and, and a team and your marriages and your families and your congregations, every single person. We are praying that you be strengthened in your faith, that you be strengthened with might in your spirit, in your inner man. There are a lot of battles that every one of us face in being a believer. And we are strengthened through the prayers of other people praying for us. We are strengthened when we read the Word of God and the Word level becomes equal to our problem levels, becomes equal to our level of responsibility. We are strengthened by the Holy Spirit coming within us. Every time we worship, we receive another, another little input, injection of strength in our inner man. And so the Spirit of God is the secret to strengthening us inside so that we have a shock absorber for all the shocks that come our way. I've found that trouble comes without warning. But if you're ready on the inside, you'll find that you're able to actually withstand every attack of the enemy. In fact, when Paul is talking in the same letter to the Ephesians about the battle that we all face, he says, stand. It's not about actually moving forward and attacking. It's just hold your ground and be strong in the Lord and be in the power of God in armor, in weaponry with your sword and be fully clothed. And he says, and having done everything, stand, hold your ground. And you're going to find that as you're strong enough, you'll find yourself being able to take steps again in Jesus' name. Amen. Then he says in Ephesians 3.17, he's praying that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. So when we when we're in doubt, we're going to find ourselves lacking the kind of assurance that we need to have in battle, in difficult times, in challenging times, in fulfilling a dream time. But when we decide we're going to believe God and we just say, have faith in God, fear not for I am with you. And we start to speak scripture into our soul. We'll find that faith rises and Christ's power is dwelling in us. It says by faith. And then we are rooted and grounded in love. 
this, this love of God means we will, if we're abiding in Christ, we'll abide in the love of God. And I pray with all my heart that the love of God would be so evident and so manifested through all of our congregations that we would be an oasis in a world of hatred, in a world of loneliness, in a world of illness and sickness and offense, that the church of God would be a place not of judgment, but it'd be a place of the love of God so that we discover what that love is. When Paul says in verse 18, he's praying that we may be able to comprehend. To comprehend is to actually take a hold of it in our mind and our thinking and embrace it as part of our life. With all the saints, what is the width, length, depth, and height of that love? The width means that God's arms are so long and so accepting that there's just no limit to the breadth of His love. And then He says the length, His patience never runs out. His long suffering, it's so long, His love is long. It will, it will take a long time for some people to come around and to meet the Lord. I mean, for all of us, we've prayed for people and believed for people and it can be very disappointing and very discouraging when we... We, we, we find our faith and our love coming to an end, but God's love doesn't come to an end. He keeps on keeping on. And I remember leading my own father to Christ in his early 70s. We've been praying for him for like 30 years, but eventually he came through. He, he asked Christ into his life. And there are people even beyond our lives who, that we've prayed for that will receive Christ, that will come to God. And, and, and people who've drifted away will, will, will come back because the love of God is long and it doesn't run out. The depth of the love, God's love is so deep. It reaches to the darkest of places, the darkest of people's lives, reaches down to people who are in the deepest pit and feel like it's impossible to ever get out. And we are the expressions of that love. We are the ones who are reaching down. We are the ones who are widely accepting. We are the ones who are to be long-suffering. And then it says, and the height, the height of God's love is to take us so high, as deep as it is deep, it's, so is His love is high. It is, it is to take us to the highest of the heights of our life so that our best life, our greatest life, our grandest life is lived at the right hand of the throne of God in Christ. We are seated with Christ, the Bible says. It's just such an astonishing thought. And Paul is praying that all the saints in Ephesus would understand these amazing things. And as we, as we look towards the end of this, this passage of Scripture, it, it culminates in a crescendo, this prayer. Because he says, now, as he ends the Scripture, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the the power that works in us, he is now saying, now to God, who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above, immeasurably beyond all we could imagine, one translation says. The message says far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. Right after praying that prayer, where God is going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we've just prayed, and believe God for. He says in verse 21, to Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I love this because this is saying that as the church, and we're builders of the local church, planters and builders of the local church, He's saying, be glory in the church. Nothing else in the church 
is to be receiving glory or greater honor than Jesus himself, than God the Father. We are brought together to be God glorifiers, to be giving him all the credit, not to be taking it ourselves, not unto us, but unto him. Be all the glory, all the praise in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations. I believe we're living in a, in a time when every generation from children to teenagers to young adults to middle-aged people to elderly people are going to find that they are glorifying God in the church. Every generation is, should be in our churches at some level or another having revival, having an awakening, discovering Jesus. And I'm believing that we will find that in this hour, many brand new young voices, middle-aged voices, older voices will be raised, raised, raised up by the power of God so that we're going to see a, a revival at every level in every generation touching our world in Jesus' name. God bless you, C3 Church. Family, we love you and we are praying for you this prayer today for 2020 in the name of Jesus. Well, can I just get you to close your eyes for a moment? I'm going to read you that scripture from Ephesians. This is from the New Living Translation, but it's not going to go up on the screen. I want you to actually think about this as it applies to you. As I read it, think of Paul in prison writing to this church at Ephesus. And he says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Now, I think interesting, one of Pastor Phil's opening statements, and I don't know whether this struck you as well, but he said, you are going to find out a little bit more about the vision that we have for the future of C3 and for our expansion across the world. And here am I, I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be a strategic message. He's going to give us ideas about planning for world domination. Uh, well, at least a blueprint for running a church or possibly even uh, a few hints on how to organise a team. But no, his message was all relating to Ephesians 3. And you might say, well, you know, you know what it's like with these high-flying people. Perhaps he forgot. Or perhaps he ran out of time because you know how they, people like to talk and you know, they sometimes don't get to the things they wanted to talk about. Um, and so all of these things went through my mind. And I, and I listened to the video again and I thought, this is actually the secret that most people don't grasp when it comes to people like, Pastor Phil and Chris, who lead a movement of 800-odd churches around the globe, 
we tend to think that somehow they have risen to become something more than, than ordinary humans, something more than just normal people, that they have been granted something by God that allows them the capacity to do so much more than any of us could. And yet I think Pastor Phil didn't miss a single thing out in his message. He actually did give us the vision that he has for C3 and his plans for global domination. It's basically prayer. And it's interesting that he uses Paul to actually state what he's trying to get us to understand as a church and as individual Christians. Because if you look at the entirety of that prayer from Ephesians 3.14 to 21, Paul asks the Father for only one thing. There is actually only one petition, if you want to call it that, in that whole prayer. And that's in verse 16, where he says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with the inner strength, with inner strength through his spirit. The rest of the prayer isn't petition, it's purpose. It tells us why Paul has asked that for the church. The purpose is to understand God's love, to experience God's love, and to be made complete by God's love. And that's the essence of what that prayer tells us. The prayer ends with the declaration that all glory belongs to God and our focus should be God-centric. And I think you know, it's very easy for us as a church to become something else-centric. It's easy to become evangelism-centric, community-centric, social-centric, mission-centric. We can become all sorts of centric things, outreach-centric, you name it-centric, even ec Centric. And, and don't get me wrong, hear me correctly here. Most of those things, possibly not the eccentric bit, um, but most of those things are good to have in church life. We need to be missions focused. We need to have evangelism. We need to have uh, an interest in the, the society around us. We need to have a church community that is strong and vibrant and growing. But all of that has the danger of having us have our focus changed because of the whims of the society we live in. Our core values can drift with the tides of public opinion. And so as a C3 church, we're called to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and focused on Jesus Christ. And as the church is, as we know, not a building, not even two buildings, it's actually the people in the building. So what Pastor Phil is talking about for the church, we, need, we can actually take on board as individuals and say, well, that has to be my life. I have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and focused on Jesus Christ. And you say, oh, but Pastor Chris, you don't understand. I've got a really difficult job and I have to be focused on that. And it, it really, you know, I work on, uh, on Sundays or, or I, you know, there are things that I can't go to prayer meetings uh, I, I can't go to um, dinner parties because m my job is important because I've got to support my family. And that is great. I understand that. All God is saying is we've got to be God-centric. That has to come out of God. Pray about that first before you do it in your own strength. Often we find that our problems are a lot easier if we hand them over to God because he uses his strength, not yours. And so a lot of the excuses 
that we use to have our life deflected from God are because we don't trust God. And I think what we've got to understand is that the power of the Holy Spirit only comes to you when you are focused on God. I believe that the Holy Spirit's a bit like a laser. A very powerful light, but very focused. And sometimes if, we, if we're in, in line with the Holy Ghost, we can actually move out of that. and We can still see the light, but it's not focused on us. We're not focused on it. And we need to make sure that we keep our life in line with that. What does that entail? It doesn't actually entail always going to church and always going to dinner parties. I'm not suggesting that we, we have a church where you know, everything we put on, everybody has to attend to all the time and be diligent. And we, we have a, a checklist where we mark you off and there's a sin bin if you're not going or any, any of those things. But we have to remind ourselves that those things are important because our focus is on Jesus Christ. We do these things not because it's popular. We don't do dinner parties just because it's the latest thing to do. We do those because we recognise the importance of gathering around a meal as a focal point to focus on our relationship with Jesus Christ. And the thing is, if we focus on that, the side issues become just that, side issues. It's not that we forget them, it's not that we don't do anything about them, but they're side issues. Because the core issue that we have is that we know that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit if we remain focused on Jesus Christ. And all of those other things fall into light. We know that you know, there's another scripture in the New Testament that escapes me at the moment, but it says, seek first the kingdom of God. I'm sure it's in Matthew. Um, 6.33. This is why I don't remember I have people to do it for me. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, that's because I was focused on God and he... <laughs> okay. I won't dig that hole too deep. So what, what I'd like us to do this morning as we close is to actually do something positive about what we've heard Pastor Phil talk about, to actually be reliant on the power of the Holy Spirit and to focus on Jesus. Can we all stand? Can I, can I, get, the, uh, can I get the whole band up here, please? And we did this a bit earlier in the service, but I think that we need to focus on what, what our plans and purposes are for this year. I believe God is into every plan that we have, every desire that we have, but He wants us to bring those and lay them at His altar. Because who knows that when we do that, God changes our plans, but He always changes them from the better. Sometimes we don't notice it at the time and sometimes it looks as though he's made us take a step backwards at the time. But always in the long run, if we allow God to actually take our plans and do what he will with them, it always works out for the better. And so I want us to actually <laughs> sing through this. Uh, isn't life fun? Isn't it great when fun things happen?
We're going to sing that song, uh, Victory, through. And I want you to... Th- Sorry, what's it? Oh, no? I thought, I'd got the, I thought I'd got the name wrong. It wouldn't have been the... See a victory, yeah. It wouldn't be the first time. Um, but I want us to actually take on board that idea that 2020 for us has to be driven by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And to do that, we need to be focused on our Lord and Saviour. We have to have a focus on, on God. Uh, and that doesn't mean that that's all we do. But it's got to be our starting point. So let's sing this song and, and firmly place our trust, our starting point in our Lord Jesus Christ as we sing. The battle belongs to our Lord. Can I just get everybody to close their eyes for a moment? You may be here this morning and you're fighting the battle, not God. He isn't fighting on your behalf because you've never asked Him to be your Lord and your Saviour. Or you may have asked Him in the past, but you know that you haven't placed Him in that position in your life for a long time. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to allow Him to start fighting your battles again. Allow Him to bring you into victory by acknowledging that He is your Lord and Saviour, by accepting Him into your heart as your Lord, as your Creator, as your leader, to reject all others. If that's you, I'd love to pray a prayer with you to invite Jesus into your heart. So while nobody's looking around, can I just ask you, just if that's you, raise your hand just quickly so that I can see it, so that I know who I'm praying for and we'll pray a prayer together to invite Jesus into your heart, to be your Lord, to be victorious for you in the battles that you face. Is there anyone here this morning who wants to do that? Who wants to have a relationship with the living God? Awesome. You can open your eyes. I pray right now for every single person here that as we move forward into this year of 2020, that you prompt us, Holy Spirit, to keep our eyes focused on our Lord Jesus Christ. And that as we do, you feed our spirits, you encourage us, you strengthen us, you comfort us, you bring us in line with the life that Jesus has planned for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.